Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tuesday in NYC. And as always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grosser, G-R-A-C-A. Hope everybody had themselves a great Memorial Day holiday weekend. The weather was sensational. No excuses whatsoever. To not go outside, get something done. Hopefully you had the opportunity to do just that. It kind of went fast, to be quite honest with you. You know, I, I, I did the show for the morning guys yesterday. So, all right, you're ready to get to Memorial Day. And that's pretty much the end of the fun. But now here we are. And we got a lot of things to discuss. And we got an NBA Finals. And we got a Stanley Cup Finals that we can gab about a little bit later on here in the program. Congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights. They didn't want any of that Pete DeBoer Game 7 undefeated smoke. So they said, we got to act quick in the Game 6 last night, and they buried the Stars early. Vegas going back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the second time in their history. They'll take on the Florida Panthers. Somebody's going to win their first ever Stanley Cup once it is all said and done. So look forward to that. Gets underway on Saturday in Sin City. And now we know what the NBA Finals is. It is the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Took long enough to get to this point, but here we are, and we'll have plenty to say about that in just a minute. But, of course, we got our baseball teams, Yanks still out on the West Coast. They're going to get underway in a couple of hours. Another date with the Seattle Mariners. Nestor Cortez gets the ball. We'll see what kind of feats Aaron Judge is going to be able to produce tonight after a two-home run extravaganza last night, robbing Teoscar Hernandez of a home run in the process as well. Judge is a beast. Judge is a machine. And who knows, as we get ready to turn the calendar to June, I mean, Judge is sitting there and authoring a script, which right now might lead him to back-to-back MVPs if he continues to play this way, even though you still have a long season to go. But the bottom line is the Yankees need every last ounce of that contribution from him if they want to get back to October and take it one step further, which would be, of course, a trip to the World Series. The Mets, the average Mets, are back in action tonight. They're home against the Philadelphia Phillies. First time they're playing the Phils all season long, as a matter of fact. Start of a three-game series. Kodai Senga's going to get the ball for the Mets, seeing if he could bounce back from his last performance, which was not very good out at Wrigley Field, and Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies, so the Mets will take on the left-hander. And look, had a lot to say about the Mets yesterday, if you were with us in the morning. And the bottom line is this, Mets are an average team. Nothing more, nothing less. 54 games in, when you're 27 up, you're 27 down, that is the epitome of average. It is mediocre. And it doesn't matter how big the salaries are or how inflated the payroll is or how many MVPs or Cy Young Awards or All-Star Games guys have made in the past – It's what have you done for me lately? And at least right now through the first third of the season, this Mets team has not exactly been overly impressive. And will that change? Well, if they tend to fulfill all these lofty expectations, you better start doing it now. And you better start playing better baseball. No better time to do that than against a division foe who, by the way, is still the defending National League champion, the team that made it all the way to the World Series a season ago. So let's see what happens here starting tonight. We'll uh, update you, of course, as we get this one underway. But the Mets got to start playing better baseball. Nothing more, nothing less. Last night, though, 
we had ourselves a game seven. Two best words in sports. You had the Heat. You had the Celtics in Boston. And I, for one, and I don't know how you feel about it, I sure as heck didn't see that one coming. At least not in blowout fashion, that's for sure. You know, when you look at the Miami Heat, and the term, you know, the Heat culture has been recycled so many times over the last few weeks as they've made this deep run into the playoffs yet again. But you lose game six in the fashion in which they did back on Saturday night. Then you got to go out on the road. You already blew a three games to none lead in this series. So the whispers are just getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And if you couldn't close the series out on Saturday in your building when you had a lead with three seconds left in the game, then when the heck else are you supposed to go out there and win a big-time game? Right? Especially now when it's supposed to be even more challenging on the road. Use any excuse you want as far as what happened last night, right? From a Celtic standpoint, as to why they came out as poorly as they did and why they played as awful as they did, considering what was at stake. You want to say that there was too much energy that they used in just getting this series back to 3-3? You want to say Jason Tatum getting hurt early in that game had bearing on the way that game kind of unfolded, and Tatum specifically? You know, the euphoric ending in game number six, which I think caught us all by surprise, as we know, right? I mean, they're celebrating, they're jumping for joy. You almost think that they won the series just with that win on Saturday, but not so fast because then you have to go out there and still play another game. And we've seen this in sports all through time to where you have this incredible win, last second win, buzzer beater, whatever it is. But it's not in the ultimate round or the ultimate game or the ultimate quest. Instead, you got to come back and still play one more game. And everybody, and look, myself included, I thought that spelled the end of the heat on Saturday night. Nobody gave that team a chance to go up to Boston and win that game last night except for Miami. And they did. And the bottom line from a Celtic standpoint, they picked the worst possible time to lay a big fat old egg. And that's exactly what they did last night. And you know what? If you go back and really nitpick what happened on Saturday in game number six, they played a horrible game that night too. They were fortunate to win the game on Saturday. Despite the fact that they built a big cushion in the fourth quarter, they still shot, what, 7 of 35 from three? I mean, that's terrible. And that carried over to game seven. It was probably an unintended consequence, but that's exactly what happened for the Boston Celtics. Last night, they were even worse. Nine of 42 from three. 21%. You start 0 for 12 to begin the basketball game. Who are you beating? And see, now you get into the strategy a little bit. And it's one of the things that really frustrates me about the way the NBA game is played nowadays. Why does a team like Boston, when it's obviously not working for them, why do they stay so reliant just chucking up three-pointers? How about changing it up a little bit? Because if you do the math, they shot 57% last night from inside the arc. From two-point land, 57%. But they just kept chucking up three after three after three after three to very little success. Offense became stagnant. They weren't moving the ball. Guys weren't cutting to the hoop. I I mean, you name it. 
It was a clinical nightmare when you're talking about offense and what you need to do. Did you see Barkley after the game last night on the TNT postgame basically saying, you know, if that was him and he was on the Celtics and it was his team that just continued throwing up brick after brick after brick after brick from three, he'd eventually go punch someone and say, hey, guys, take the damn ball to the hoop. Stop shooting threes. We're not making them. But you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Because you know what? The Boston Celtics, all season long, if you know anything about them, they were second in the NBA in three-point attempts. So they weren't going to deviate from that now, despite the fact their season was on the line, and it ended up costing them at the worst possible moment. You want to put that on the coach's shoulders? Fall on Joe Missoula? Then maybe he didn't come up with anything more brilliant or more innovative? to help get them out of their rut a little bit so they can actually start to get something going offensively instead of just going out with a whimper like they did? I mean, 84 points, your season on the line, and that's all you can muster? You pick the final night of your season to essentially come up with the worst offensive performance that you're ever going to have all year. And I'll tell you, it was a bad omen in the first quarter. I don't know if you guys saw this. Celtics, you know, got off to a decent start last night. Then you have – they get a rebound – Defensive rebound. They're off to the races. Fast break Celtics. And Joe Missoula, in his infinite wisdom, decides to call timeout. I mean, it would have been an easy basket. An easy basket. And instead, guys calling a timeout. It's like, that should have told you everything right there. Like, oh my, Missoula, God love him, right? He either doesn't take his timeouts, he goes home with them, or when he decides to actually call them, they're at like the worst possible time. And it doesn't even help the Boston Celtics. Tatum wasn't good last night. I know that he nicked up the ankle early on, but still. You know what? Got to be better. And Jalen Brown was horrific. That's probably the nicest way that you can put it. He was absolutely horrific. One and nine from three. Eight turnovers in the game. And look, I know he's got a year left on his contract. And his was one of the names that you and I and several others probably floated around a little bit over the last few weeks about possible off-season targets for the Knickerbockers during the off-season. You really want to pay Jalen Brown $200 million plus after that type of performance last night? I know the guy was all NBA, right? I know the guy had a great season, and the Celtics wouldn't be there last night without him, but you really want to give this guy that type of franchise-changing money? And I'm not just saying the Knicks. I'm talking about anybody. He could get paid... Up to $295 million for five years from the Boston Celtics. If that's the decision they decide to go down. Now, like I said, he's got one more year. And I don't even know how realistic it is if you're Boston, if you want to change things up a little bit, if you want to trade him, what club would roll the dice on that? A guy who's essentially a rental. You got him for one more year, but then you're faced with a really, really difficult decision. Do we just play it out for one season? a la what the Toronto Raptors did when they acquired Kawhi Leonard? Or do you actually think that there's a better-than-good chance that you can give him the money he wants and you're going to feel comfortable doing it? Not the best performance you want to show. But you know what did it show up? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler showed up. Playoff Jimmy showed up again last night. He was off on Saturday, right? He was off a little bit. But last night, he showed up. You know who else showed up last night? Caleb Martin. Maybe he was the best player on the floor, as a matter of fact. Those guys showed up. Not enough of the Boston Celtics did, and that's why the Heat are going to the NBA Finals. 
So think about that for a second. You got an eight seed, a team that was trailing the Chicago Bulls in the play-in tournament in the fourth quarter. They were minutes away from extinction. And now they're four wins away from a championship, avenging a Game 7 loss to the Celtics last year up in Boston. What can you say, right? I mean, it's not anything that we haven't seen in the previous round against the Knicks. You knew Miami was the better team. You knew Miami was the more playoff-tested team. And now if you're the Knicks, you could kind of look at that as a little bit of a benchmark and saying, all right, we went toe-to-toe with these guys. We know exactly what it's going to take to be able to improve upon the strides that we made this past season. And I think that's how you have to look at it from a Knicks standpoint. But if you're Boston, nothing but disappointment. Nothing. And there were signs of this, right? You maybe didn't want to see it. You maybe didn't want to believe it. But there were signs that maybe this was possible in the fact that they trailed Philadelphia 3-2 in the previous round. They lost six playoff games at home this year. Six. What type of championship caliber team is going to be that unimpressive on their home floor where you're supposed to have an advantage? So you know what? Powers that be nationally, the NBA, our company here, ESPN, I don't know how excited they are that you got a Miami Heat-Denver Nuggets NBA Finals. Even though the Heat have won championships and, you know, they've been to the finals a handful of times, I, I, I still don't know if I consider the Miami Heat a national brand. But nevertheless, here we are. And I think probably there's a little bit of that sentimental favorite being the Denver Nuggets and the fact that they're here for the first time and Jokic being a two-time MVP. I think if you probably take an informal poll, most people are probably going to be rooting for the Nuggets in this one, right? They want to see the team that hasn't won before. The next great player to get his first championship in Jokic. Celtics, yeah, they're a brand. Celtics would have maybe brought a few more eyeballs to the sets. But this is where we're at. They had their chances. They had plenty of chances. And I guess it's true when they say nobody has ever come back from 3-0 down. You saw just why. It's tough to win one. It's tough to win two. Even tougher to win three. Impossible to win four. Congrats to Miami. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Talk to you next. Your takeaways from that game last night. And how excited are you for this NBA Finals? You know, what type of an appeal does it have for you? You know, does Denver-Miami do it for you? If you're a big basketball fan, if you're a casual basketball fan, because that's the reality, and that's what we're going to be talking about here for the next two and a half weeks or whatever it is. Mets underway at City Field. Yanks a little bit later on the road in Seattle. We'll be all over those as well. Dan Gross' show on this Tuesday, back from the holiday, right here, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> it is the heat. It is the nuggets. It gets underway on Thursday night right here on 98.7 ESPN. You can hear every single game of the NBA Finals as long as it goes right here on 98.7. Of course... All the questions are going to circle around the Celtics, the head coach. And look, it's obvious Joe Mazzulla was put in a tough situation. When you find out a couple of days before the season starting, hey, you're going to go from an assistant who was sitting in the second row on the bench last year for a team that was an Eastern Conference champion, and now you're going to be actually the one running the show once everything kind of hit the fan with Ime Odoka. Not exactly a smooth transition. So the fact that he had him a game away from the NBA Finals is not the worst job in the world, of course. But you could tell that he was still getting his feet wet in certain aspects. And the guy down the other end of the floor, and Eric Spolstra, might be the top coach in the NBA right now. And a guy who's probably going to have the X's and O's edge on most of his counterparts. We saw that in the Knicks series, right? See it often. And not even with a team littered with superstars. I mean, you want to look at high-end talent. Boston had better high-end players than Miami did. Take their top two, right? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're better than Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. But that's not how you win a series. And that isn't the determining factor necessarily on how a series is decided. Heat move on, Celtics go home. Here's the Celtic coach on the Game 7 loss. What happened? Uh, They played better than we did. Why? I don't know. Uh, but our guys gave everything they had, and that's the most important thing. Is that uh, people understand it's one of the best locker rooms I've been a part of, and uh, those guys gave everything they had. How much pain is Jason in with that ankle? Um, sorry. What was your message to them? I love them. You know, it meant a few words, and I'm sure that he's hurting here. Who wouldn't be in that situation? As far as Tatum is concerned, what about that injury? I don't want nobody to feel bad for me. Unfortunately, injuries are a part of this game. I've been fortunate enough. Up until this point, you know, I've never missed games. I've played 95% of the games since I've been in the league. I've topped two in minutes since I've been in the league. It just was, you know, unfortunate fall tonight on the first play of the game and um, something I was trying to battle through throughout the game. Hey, bottom line is this. Sometimes your stars are going to have off nights. Whether it's injury, whether they're healthy, it doesn't matter. It's the rest of the guys that need to be able to step up and make plays. And you know what? The Heat are the prime example of that all throughout this playoff run. It seemed like it was somebody different each and every night to get this team to the finish line. And that's why they're going to the finals. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's hear from you guys. Excited about this series? Something you're looking forward to? Is Is it appointment television, if you will? We'll start it off with... Terrence in the Bronx. He's first up here on 9870 ESPN. Terrence, how are you? I'm doing great. I want to say that you, you made a really great point about uh, about Coach Spo and also about uh, Coach Missoula. Um, uh, you know, like you said, I didn't know the guy was in the second row. I thought he was on the first row next to Ime. But the guy's in the second row. He's, thrown, he's kind of thrown for a loop with a bunch of these guys who actually have been to the finals and have been in the playoffs almost every year. 
So, um, you know, that's one of the things I think he always said back. I don't think they're going to keep him. I think they're going to get rid of him. But as, as of last night, Coach Spore, once again, putting up the zone, Coach circles around him like he did Coach Tibbs. He got Coach Bud fired. You know, if you, you know, I could, I could argue with you. I'm going to ask you a question. If you put Spo on the coaching the Knicks, the same time Tibbs has been there, I think the Knicks would be a lot farther with Coach Spo than with Tibbs. He coached circles around Tibbs. And I think the same thing's going to happen in this series. He's going to put that zone on. It's going to put the clamps on, 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 on uh, Jokic. And uh, I think that's going to be, it's going to be, I think, heat and seven. You know what, though, Terrence? And I thank you for the phone call. Here's the thing, though. Denver is primed primed to attack that zone, okay? The way they run their offense, and Jokic, of course, is somebody who can break anything down, find somebody open, whatever. Denver is a very, very efficient offense when it comes to going up against zone defense, okay? That's what the numbers say. Those are the metrics. I think they'll have an answer. But you know what? Mike Malone's never coached in the finals before. Going to be his first shot. We don't know how he's going to respond to this type of a situation, though. I always say, and look, coaching is a big part of it. But in these situations, the bigger the game, give me the team that has the best player. I'll go to war with that squad more often than not. Give me the best player over the better coach any day of the week. Because you could be the most brilliant coach. You could be the most inventive tactician. You could be coming up with things that, like, blow people's minds. Like, oh, my, how, we've never seen that before. But what happens if the players can't go out there and execute, right? Like, in football, for example, you could call the most brilliant play, fake out the entire defense. You could have a guy running wide open down the field. What happens if you throw him the pass and he drops it, right? Or what happens if... Your offensive linemen aren't blocking the way they're supposed to. What happens if your quarterback either overcooks the ball, undercooks the ball, whatever? Players have to still go out there and play. And Butler's been great. Adebayo has his moments. Best player in the league, though, is wearing a Denver uniform. And I think that that gives them a nice edge in this series. And I'll tell you something. I actually think, and we'll talk a lot about the series as we get closer, of course, for it to get underway on Thursday. I actually think that even though Butler's, of course, the guy for the Miami Heat, I don't even know if he's the most important player in this series. I think Bam Adebayo might be the most important player because he's the guy that can ill afford to get into foul trouble going up against Nikola Jokic because if he's not on the floor, how are they stopping this guy? How are they stopping this guy? You're going to go to Cody Zeller? He's going to be the guy to slow down Nikola Jokic? Really? Like, you don't think that they're going to have an answer for him? Kevin Love going to slow him down? Two guys that didn't even see the floor last night in a game seven? Bam has to be able to stay on the floor for the Miami Heat. But what does Spolster think about getting to the NBA Finals again? What happened last year was on our mind, and it, and it drove us th- this year. And that's what you always hope for, for competition, that uh, it can drive you to a higher level. Uh, and I think that's what you saw in this series this year, to be able to have to overcome a, a lot of stuff. And probably people can relate to this team. Life is hard. Professional sports is, is just kind of a, a reflection sometimes of, of life. Things don't always go your way. The inevitable setbacks happen, and it's how you deal with that. 
collectively, there's a lot of different ways uh, that it can go. It can sap your spirit. It can take your, a team down uh, for whatever reason. But this group, it steeled us and made us closer. Think about the margin for error, right? You think about where this team was. This is a team that kind of, I don't want to use the word lollygagged, but they didn't really approach the regular season if, as if it was all important for them. You know, Miami wasn't sitting there bending over backwards to make sure that, you know, they got home court advantage. Didn't matter where they finished, just get in. They ended up in the playing tournament. They lose to Atlanta. They're trailing the Chicago Bulls in the fourth quarter of that game. If Chicago finishes the job that night, we're not even having this conversation right now. But yet they go out there and just put their head down and get the job done. Out goes Milwaukee. Out goes the Knicks. 3-0 lead on the heavily favored Celtics. Almost blow it. Backs against the wall. Heartbreaking defeat in game number six in their building. You get on the road and you go to Boston again, and you stop it. I mean, we all thought that this thing was done. Right, you go back to the Red Sox and, you know, the Yankees in 04, that series, of course, which everybody can relate to if you were around for it, you knew going into that game seven, Yankees weren't winning. There was no way the Yankees were going to be able to get up off the mat for that last game. And that's kind of how it felt to me last night. But They ain't winning. Got to play the game. Got to play the game. But, yes, what Terrence talked about when he called in about Spolstra, I'll never forget, and it wasn't even all that long ago, when LeBron and Wade and Bosch teamed up to go down there in 2010, everybody thought it was only a matter of time before Spolster was getting fired. Remember the first, like, I don't know, maybe like 20 games of that season in 2010? The Heat were like a 500 team, and people were already... Digging the grave for Spolster. Riley's not going to stand for this. Riley's got himself a championship team now. LeBron's not going to stand for this. Spolstra, they're going to force him out. No way he can coach a team of stars like this. Funny thing happened along the way, right? And even when they won championships, it wasn't like it was Spolster getting any credit. It was because he had the best players. He had LeBron. He had Wade. He had Bosh. They were supposed to win. Supposed to. And remember the heat was turned up, no pun intended, after that first season when they lose to Dirk and Dallas in the championship. Clock was ticking. Championship or bust for Miami. And if there was any sort of animosity whatsoever, boom, he'd be gone. All these years later, he's still there. He's got his rings. He's taking them back to the NBA Finals. And he's four wins away from getting another one. And this obviously would be the most impressive. He didn't have LeBron James on his team. Right? He doesn't have necessarily the team with the most talent. But they're well coached. And sometimes, sometimes that's good enough. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get into some football in the second hour. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw this. Last time the Heat actually won a game in Denver, 2016. Long time between drinks. Why is that significant? Well, think about it. Denver's got home court advantage. If the Heat want to win this series, they got to win a game in Denver. It's not rocket science. Tough place to play for the opposition, as we know, with the altitude, and especially a team like Miami, who's maybe, you know, been grinding. Not maybe, they've definitely been grinding here over the last couple of weeks, more so than Denver, who's been sitting around, and they're going to have 10 days off when that thing tips off on Thursday. They're going to be the fresher team. I I would be shocked, shocked if Denver doesn't come out with the fresher legs in at least game number one. So that's one thing that is an obstacle for the Heat. We'll see if they can overcome it here in this series. And again, we're going to talk plenty of it over the next couple of days. We'll have some guests on and the whole nine yards getting you ready for what hopefully is a good NBA Finals. And, you know, it got me thinking, too, as far as the Knicks are concerned, they can look at the way this Eastern Conference Finals unfolded. And I still think you probably come away from this series and come away from this season thinking to yourself, We could compete. We're not that far away. You know, the Knicks are going to go into the summer here probably in the best shape that they've been in in years. Years. They won a round, right? They got a couple of games off of the eventual Eastern Conference champions. I think they can identify what they have to do to improve. I mean, we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks, right? you got to get some more shooting, be a little bit more lethal from beyond the arc. If you want to go out there and chase another marquee player, be my guest. I'm not going to stand in the way. More talent, the better. But I think the foundation is already in place. And you want to be able, at the very least, to make a legitimate run to upgrade this talent for at least the next couple of seasons because you know what's coming down the pike, right? The guy who had an unbelievable campaign this year, his name is Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's contract right now is almost charity-like. I mean, nobody's going to start a GoFundMe page for him anytime soon, right? I I think he's doing okay. But compared to some of the other money that guys are making and the superstars are making around the NBA, once this thing is done, and if he continues playing at this clip, He's going to be the furthest thing from an old man, and he's going to have the ability to go out there and earn, and that's going to cost the Knicks a lot. So when you look at it from a cap standpoint and what you can surround your stars with, the opportunity might be there for the next couple of seasons. After that, it gets a little bit trickier, which is kind of a good problem to have, but you have to be wise about it. 800-919-3776. That is a telephone number. Mets tonight. Hosted the Philadelphia Phillies. First time they're going to lock horns. And 
you know, we alluded to it a little bit earlier today. You look at the Mets, and you see what they've been so far through 54 games. Not a hell of a lot to write home about. It's not very impressive. I don't even think there's a heck of a lot of hope for optimism. Because I don't think that Billy Epler and Steve Cohen, with all of his money, are going to be able to go wave a magic wand and make some transformational transaction and get a player or two from another team that's going to be able to reverse the fortunes of this club. I I just don't think that that's possible. The guys that are in that clubhouse right now are going to have to be the ones that are responsible for turning this thing around. Payroll is $360 million. What more do you want this team to do? Right? You're not paying these guys by accident. You're not paying them by mistake. You're paying them because they've done some things in their career to warrant that type of a paycheck, which means go out there and produce. It's not that difficult, but we haven't seen it yet for 54 games. Will we see it? You know, I know that Philadelphia, the team that they're playing tonight is a good example, right? It's a, it's a good case study from even a season ago because this Philadelphia team was not all that different from what the Mets are this year. They fired Joe Girardi. It took a while for them to get going. But the answers were really in that clubhouse, right? The guys that they had on that team, they just had to play better. And ultimately, they did. You know, the Mets are sitting there, and the starting pitching is a mess, right? Starting pitching is an absolute mess. That has to be better. You could talk about this guy and that guy. If the Mets don't pitch better, they're doomed. They've got no shot. You know, the Tyler McGills of the world, the Carlos Carrascos, Senga's going tonight. Senga's got to be better. He has to be. And not enough was talked about it. I mentioned this yesterday. Not enough is talked about Chris Bassett and the decision to let him walk during the offseason. That kind of like flew under the radar a little bit. And Chris Bassett didn't exactly get wowed by an offer from the Toronto Blue Jays. Got $63 million for three years. Obviously, the Mets could have matched that and probably even given him a little bit more. You know, Chris Bassett was a guy who led you in innings pitched last year. There is something to be said about durability and answering the call and taking the baseball every five days. I think Bassett is sorely missed on this rotation. Because they gave Senga more money than that, and he hasn't pitched as well. Quintana's hurt, but Quintana was supposed to be nothing more than a fourth starter for the Mets. He's not coming in here and turning things around. And Carrasco is a guy who, at this stage of his career, I mean, you cross your fingers every time he takes the mound. That he's either A, going to be able to finish the start, B, he's not going to implode. And the two old guys have been inconsistent. And it's the two old guys who you're relying upon heavily. Scherzer's been really, really good the last three times out. You hope that maybe he turned a corner after dealing with that little bit of a neck injury. Verlander is still kind of, I think, working through some things. Remember, he missed the whole first month of the season. So this, to him, is pretty much what April is to a pitcher who was on a regular schedule. You know, he got hit around pretty good the other night in Colorado, and I don't want to use the Colorado thing as an excuse. A lot of teams go into Colorado and find ways to beat the Rockies. You know why? Because the Rockies stink. They're one of the worst teams in the National League. 
And the fact that the Mets have struggled as much as they have against the subpar teams, that's what gives you a little bit of concern. And it's not like they've been wowing it against the good clubs either. And if you look at the schedule in June, it's going to get that much more dicey. Is it not? 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number. So like I said, starting a series tonight against the Philadelphia Phillies. No score here in the third inning with Seng on the mound. We'll keep you posted as to how this thing is going to play itself out. No Brett Beatty again tonight. Back-to-back games, not in the starting lineup, with a day off in between, mind you. Now, they got a lefty going today in Ranger Suarez, so maybe they didn't want to stick him up there against the left-hander, whatever, but this guy's got to play. These guys got to learn. This guy's got to work through it. And Alvarez, again, batting in the two-hole, which is what you would expect, considering he's slowly blossoming into one of your best, most reliable, dangerous hitters. So it's good to see that Buck is leaving him up there in the top part of the batting order. Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to Johnny in the car. He's up next year on 9870 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? Uh, good, uh, good, good, good. I, I actually called because you were saying something I didn't understand about Brunson. He's a year into a four-year deal. I'm calling for that reason, but I want to get into the Mets for a second. Yeah. But why, why are you worried about Brunson and this four-year deal? It's not a four-year deal. It's a three-year deal plus a player option. So really, you have two more years before he can become a free agent. Okay, understood. The, the, the real reason I'm calling you, well, the real, you start talking about the Mets. That's yeah. very important to, to talk about. Bassett, I'm very happy you mentioned it. I don't understand who on that team let Bassett go when he when he left, and I found out he was on a different team. I couldn't possibly believe I was listening to that. It means somebody in the organization believed that Carrasco is a better pitcher than he was and that Verlander is going to be more reliable than he is. And they didn't even know about Sango when they let this happen. So don't say Sango replaced him, not you. But people say that right. as like sort of the, the compensation for it. And it's not. It's, it's really not. It was one of the biggest mistakes I, I remember in Mets history to let Bassett go. This team took a huge step backwards this year, and it's because of their pitching. It's not just the bullpen. It's the pitching staff, the starting rotation. It's a complete clunk fest. It's the right word to say it. It's a really big problem. John, I don't disagree with you. And look, if, if you're asking me right now, what is the number one reason why The Mets have been nothing more than an average team to start the season. It's the starting rotation. The starting rotation has been a major disappointment. John, they're 25th in ERA in baseball. 25th. There's only 30 teams. That ain't good. No, and we we can sit around and talk about the bullpen, right? But the bullpen is seeing inning after inning after inning every single game. You can't really blame Rayleigh and Brigham. These guys were not meant to be workhorses like this. If we saw much less exposure of them, we'd have a different situation to talk about. This starting rotation has been a complete disaster. John, I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you for the phone call. You know, and they've actually survived, in my opinion, the loss of Edwin Diaz. But the problem is this. You're asking other guys to maybe pitch out of sorts and in roles that they were not brought in here to pitch in. And I think for the most part, those guys have done a nice job. The Adovinos, the Robertsons holding it down in the late innings, all well and good. But when you're starting pitchers, like John alluded to, when they're not pitching deep into games, it's just going to produce more wear and tear, and this bullpen is going to collapse a lot sooner than intended. And if you've watched this team all year, the starting pitchers are not going deep into games. I mean, how many, how many Mets starters, I, I, I'm not going to look it up right now, but how many have actually made it through six innings this year in a start and actually, like, gotten outs in the seventh inning? I could probably count on one hand how many of those that they've gotten. But Bassett is sorely missed. 
I know he got hit around pretty good over the weekend in his last start, but before that, he ran like a 28-inning consecutive scoreless streak for the Blue Jays. You know, I I don't know if maybe they just didn't like his personality and they let him walk, but $63 million for a guy who, you know, was for, for a guy who's the richest owner in baseball and for the payroll that the Mets have, that to me seemed too deliberate. That they were okay with him leaving. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More calls. We'll get into some football to start the second hour. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets and Phil scoreless in the third inning. Out at City Field. Seng on the mound. Yanks with Nestor. A little bit later on tonight, game two of their series against the Seattle Mariners. Got some injury updates for you for the Bombers. We'll get to those a little bit later on in the program. Right now, though, let's say hi to Nick in Westchester. He's up next here on 98.7. Nicky, how are you? Dan, uh, I talked with you a few years ago uh, on my way to Florida. I'm 78. I was 75 then. Well, you were a young man then. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about these prime shows, Peacock, Apple. I'm going to go back to 1952 when I was eight, Mm -hmm. and I watched the first Yankee World Series uh, series. They won five in a row, 49 to 53, as you know. And uh, 49, 50, 51, yeah, 52, 53. I saw 52, so I was right in the middle of that one. And in those days, we had WPIX Channel 11. If I was 20 years younger, I'd started nationwide boycott against Major League Baseball and the NFL because they put, they had Channel 11 for the blue collar people. Right. My father was a General Motors. Union man. We were a poor family, but we had Channel 11 to watch the Yankees. When DirecTV came along, I bought, I bought Direct. you know, I, I signed up for DirecTV. Sure. So I could get the Yes Network. Mm-hmm. Okay? And now you got Prime. You got Thursday night Prime for NFL. They have screwed the blue-collar people. And something, there was a lot of talk on a Michael K show about that today. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, which, which Nick, I we, Nick, we so I, I couldn't get there, but well, I got to your show. Okay? Well, Nick, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you checking in because I'll tell you what, and, and it's something that we've talked about a lot as well. I, I brought it up last week. Remember, the Yankees last week had a stretch where over the course of like five games, they were on four different distribution networks or whatever you want to talk about, four different services. You had Peacock, you had the Yes Network, you had the Apple TV Plus, and you had Prime Video. That's insane. I mean, your head is spinning as to where you could go about finding these games. Now, Nick, let me ask you a question. Yes. How, how technologically savvy do you consider yourself to be? Not not uh, uh, not at all. Okay. Really. Um, I, I, I thank God to the uh, children and grandchildren I can get through. Well, but what... what bothers me is the fact I, I, I bought, I got on DirecTV to, to get that Yes Network. And I know a lot of people, I've been talking to a lot of old-time friends. Yeah. And everyone is pissed off, to say the least. And we've got to do something about it, because I understand a playoff game in baseball is going to, in January or, or in October, is going to be on one of those networks. I don't. The rest of the will be blacked out. Well, I, I mean, Nick, I don't know about the f- baseball playoffs, and I thank you for the phone call. You get back to us. I've uh, been a Yankees fan since 1952. But it is happening in the NFL. I don't know if Nick knows about that. Okay, the NFL this year, there's going to be a playoff game, wild card weekend, on that Saturday night, whatever date that is, January 9th or something, Saturday night on Peacock, a playoff game. So, the NFL took $110 million or whatever it was from Peacock and basically allowed, or, or, you know, from NBC and allowed them to put the game on Peacock. And if you do the math, $110 million bucks divided by the 32 teams, the 32 owners, essentially for a little more than $3 million each, they decided to put a game on a, a, a playoff game on a streaming service. Now, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not telling you you have to go as far back as our buddy Nick. But even go back like five years ago, ten years ago. And if I would have said to you, do you know that there's going to come a time where a playoff game, you're going to have to buy a streaming service to watch it in the NFL? You would have thought I was crazy. And I guess the question now is, what's next? Okay? They're not just going to stop at this. What is next? You know, how soon before, even if you want to watch a Jet game or a Giant game on a Sunday afternoon, I'm not talking about primetime or one of these other, you know, the Amazon package, on a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, you might have to buy a streaming service. What if CBS, you know, gets the opportunity to put a game on Paramount Plus, which is their exclusive streaming thing? Don't think that's not coming down the road because now the other networks are looking at what, Peacock and NBC got away with, and they're saying to themselves, well, we got to do exactly the same. We want our cake and eat it too. ESPN Plus is going to have an exclusive game a little bit later on this year as well. I don't think it's a playoff game, but there is an NFL regular season game that's going to be exclusively on ESPN Plus. There is a Saturday night game in December, late in the season. I think it's Buffalo and the Chargers. Peacock exclusive. Is it fair to the fans? Absolutely not. A thousand percent it isn't. And you're paying enough money. Guys, I don't know about you, but Nick was talking about the DirecTV. 
I, I, I'm a DirecTV customer. My monthly bill is insane. And that's to pay to just to get all the sports channels so I can watch the games over air like you're intended to. And then on top of that, I got to buy all these different streaming packages as well. It's not thinking about the fan. It's not thinking about the customer. It's thinking about themselves and their wallets. And they just keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter. 800-919-3776. That is the phone number. Little Yanks. Some more on this, and we'll get into football as well for hour number two. Dan Gross, the show till 10, right here on 9870 ESPN. I've been a Yankee fan since never. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>